Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builder Show. What we do is we bring industry leaders from all over the globe to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that, per, that will inspire, project, and assist in your quest for business excellence. Today's episode is how to make LinkedIn work for you, become a master networker with Lead Delta. And we'll do that with Vedran Rasich. Now, Ved is a serial entrepreneur and founder of some of the most beloved B2B, uh, B2B apps, including AutoClose and Lead Delta. He is experienced in delivering successful go-to-market strategies, achieving and building high-performance teams. Besides his undivided focus on Lead Delta as the CEO, he actually has some time to invest as an angel, and he supports early stage startup in his free time vet. It's fantastic to have you here, sir. So awesome to be here, Bill. And and I, I like how we joked before we started with a free time, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, the free time. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are, in fact, entrepreneurs and, and uh, business owners in their own right. And so they don't know what free time is. Exactly. So, Dad, I know this, but our listeners don't. So who do you principally serve at Lead Delta? So Lead Delta is, is your social capital manager. And at the moment, most of our customers are CEOs, their chiefs of staff. We have some top-notch recruiters. And then we have high invoice value salespeople, basically people with uh, invoice value over $10,000 who are master networkers themselves. And we have a whole bunch of digital creators, people who do eBooks, podcasts like yourself, Bill, and that would be the majority of the customers that we serve. So those people share a, a, a common problem, which you've identified, and you're able to solve that for them. So what is that problem that they all share? So, so we believe that, that no professional should start from an empty CRM to begin with. If you've spent two, five, 10, heck, 20 years in a business, you don't want to be searching through spreadsheets, Gmails, LinkedIn's, et cetera, to see your network as a whole in a single place. So this is exactly what Lead Delta aspires to do. And we started with LinkedIn because it holds the most B2B data. And then what you do as a user, when you register to the platform, you give us a permission to pull in your contacts from LinkedIn, only your first degree connections uh, that you already, you know, think of it as a business card. You already exchange the business card in your handshake to 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 get the data. So we get it into Lead Delta and we allow you to systematize it by applying labels and tags, notes. You can send group messages to up to 25 people, right? If you're promoting an episode that's going to be relevant to a particular group of people with a certain tag, you can do that within Lead Delta. So instead of just seeing a bunch of names with no context, this time we're bringing contacts to your first degree connections. So Ved, uh, um I know you've got a lots of case studies, but I'd like you to to maybe give us an illustration of, of a real customer. I know that I'm a customer and you know me well. And so think of somebody, tell us what, why they were attracted to Lead Delta, what their issue is, how they use the program. So kind of walk us through a little quick case study off the top of your head. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll use an example of a, of a CEO, right? So we have we have like 15% of our user base are, are CEOs, 50 plus people companies. When they go to LinkedIn, 
what they get to see is a ton of notifications, screaming and yelling notifications that you need to act on. Put differently, when they log into Lead Delta, what they get to see is priorities and things that they care about. So when they would import their connections into Lead Delta, usually their assistants would combine the manual labor to, to input all the tags and organize what I would call pipelines. So they would organize their angel networks, their investors, their fellow peer entrepreneurs, and then they would have different tags for talent, such as, you know, if, if you're looking for engineers, you know, a tag talent engineer would do, where basically you can group all the people with relevant groups within within those those tags, right? And then what they would do from time to time, they would keep in touch and, you know, keep that specific target group in the loop by providing them just-in-time information, right? That's one use case for, for CEOs. Again, another use case is, is, is inbox with no distractions. Now, for the first time, instead of getting bombarded with a whole bunch of messages that you you know, not necessarily care about, you can actually pinpoint those messages at the very top, those conversations, and keep in the loop on your most important uh, people. You want to stay in touch, right? And, and you know, we, we ship new features weekly. And for instance, right now we're shipping the tags for the inbox. So now within your inbox, you'll be able to segment, let's say, investor, and you can dedicate your focus attention to that target group. I'll order to go, go deeper than that. Let's say today is my fundraising raising day. As a CEO, one of my roles is to make sure that there's enough cash in a company. And sometimes that's through sales and sometimes that's through fundraising. So let's say today is my fundraising raising day. So instead of going into my inbox and automatically responding to messages that are not of a priority at the moment, I can just filter the most important ones from my investors and keep the conversation going. That's just one tiny example of how you can yeah, use I do know that there's a lot of different use cases. And so I think you've got some, don't you have some case studies on your website too? People that they want, they can go see those. Oh, absolutely. Like there's, there's a whole bunch of use cases for sales, for marketing, for podcast hosts. Absolutely. On our website. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. So you know this, but some of our listeners may know there are a lot of competitors in the, if you will, how to make LinkedIn work for you space. Right. And uh, so how is your company different from your competition? And, and if you feel comfortable, give us a couple of competitors by name and say, for example, or something like that. So how are you different? No, absolutely, Bill. That's a great question. So I have to go all the way back to the beginnings, right? So when we, when we sold AutoClose, I started looking at different platforms. And I noticed one thing, which is on LinkedIn, we keep on connecting and adding more and more connections, you know, expanding our networks, et cetera. But we, once we get them in, what do we do with them? Nothing in particular. When I looked at the landscape, which is, which, which is what you would refer as competitors or people building for LinkedIn, usually what happens is that they scrape the data or they automate the behavior, user's behavior on the platform. What ends up happening most of the times, users get even the founders of these companies get banned for life from LinkedIn. That's that's not what we wanted to do. Again, yeah, you know for sure that this has happened, and I know for sure this yes. has happened. Yeah, absolutely. This is not speculating exactly, and that's why because we said that you know I'll refrain from naming those apps because there's a ton of them, and you're right, Bill. There's probably over fifty solutions out there. Okay. Um, so what we said, hey, hold on, like we have no interest in building a business 
that's going to be an enemy of LinkedIn. Right. Instead, we want to be friends with LinkedIn. And I paint a portrait of, of, a, of a beautiful backyard. And if you're already entering someone else's backyard, you don't want to be digging holes and pretending uh, the owner won't see you. At the, at the very least, you want to plant flowers and make sure that everything is in order, right? At least to offer your, your, your helping hand, right? And so this is exactly how we approach the whole business. And in all honesty, I was, I was a little bit afraid that this would be, this won't be uh, noticed by the community and the market and that people will find the solution to be insufficient. But what happened is completely the opposite. People raved and 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 there not, not a single day goes by that you don't hear from our customers raving across to LinkedIn and 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 other platforms. And so how Lead Delta is really different? Well, first we ask you for your permission to sync your first degree data. We only work with your first degree data because officially by law, this is your data and you accumulated it just like you would accumulate the business cards, right? On an event. So that is that is number one. You know, number two, we have safety features that are preventing uh, you from, from scraping LinkedIn or automating activities to an extent that is not acceptable, right? For instance, we, we truly believe that you should be able to send up to 20 messages to different stakeholders, same content, all at the same time, but to different people, right? Like you, you, you tell your friends one thing, then you go to the other friend, you, you, you repeat the same thing. So that's just natural. But spamming the entire user base, we don't think that that's fair and it's not contributing to the, to the entire community of LinkedIn. So that would be one example. And, and in all honesty, our, our tr- true moat is, is that we have a strong community of passionate networkers that are helping us build and scale Lead Delta. So we don't start with with revenue as a single optimization point in our heads. We start from our community and we try to uh, build on top of that. So what, what I'd like you to, to, I want you to go back and tell us another case study, and this will be yours. So start okay. from back when you sold, when you sold AutoClose and uh, you gave us a little touch of this and sort of walk us through the, the history timeline. Tell us about some of the successes that you've had, some of the failures that you've had, what the, and what the lessons you've learned along the way. And as you tell the story, with your permission, I'll, I'll interject and get some clarification to help myself and the people listening to us. So how did, when did it all start? And tell us about how crazy you were relative to your wife. <laughs> well, let's just say that without my wife, our departure to Canada wouldn't be as successful as it was. So prompts to Alex. So, so I'll actually, that's, that's what I'll use as a starting point. At some point, you know, I decided that Europe as a whole is too slow for me and that I really wanted to try myself in the new market, which was the North American market. So with all the obstacles, which, which is probably a story in itself. We, we moved with our first startup to Canada. And, you know, we, I, was, I was basically by myself in Toronto and, and you know, we, we tried to run a vehicle repair shop app that would connect the vehicle owners and the repair shops and build. That was, that was insane. We had a mobile app, Android, iOS, uh, desktop, admin panel. It was a fully fledged app, beautifully designed. Uber drivers loved the app. But we couldn't sell it to anybody. <laughs> so that was my that was my first first learning point. You know, if you have 
you know, $200,000 to just toss into a product, I mean, just stop immediately and, and, and slowly work together both on the market, on the growth side and on the production side. There's no point, you know, even the Mercedes Benz, like when they, when they build a car before they ship it, they go to different fairs, you know, they, they showcase the prototype, like even them, right. Needless to say, when you're starting something completely, completely new. So what ended up happening eight months down the line, I couldn't raise any, any funding. I couldn't sell. So basically I, I packed up and, and, and left back for Europe, you know, completely broke. And, you know, and that, that's again, a story in itself. But a few months later, you know, my wife said like, you know, enough's enough. Let's, let's, you know, pick ourselves up and let's get back to Toronto and start something new. And this is when I, when I joined Sean Finder and, and other co-founders, and we started executing on, on AutoClose, which was well, the so tell us the other co-founders by name. So, so we have, I, I would prefer to keep that, keep that as a, okay, as a okay. because of, because of the business uh, intricacies, I would just say uh, Sean Finder and myself, okay. and there were two other founders. That's the, the extent that I can say. Uh, okay. both on the production side. So, so we, so yeah, we, we started working on the product and it was the same thing as with Lead Delta. So we started handpicking the initial users, going one by one, you know, uh, u- utilizing our own service to get to the first customers. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the whole thing exploded. And, 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 and again, I was able to apply the lesson, lessons learned from the first business into the second one, which is basically everything needs to go hand in hand. You can, you know, just focus on the product for the full year and neglect the market. You just can't do that, right? All the factors needs to go in. You've already told us that you have a pattern of weekly releases. So you've already, you've already sold the product and you're in every week, you add another layer of, of improvement. Absolutely. And, and, and this brings rating fans. Like I said, uh, there's every week you, you, you get a software and every week there's something, something to be excited about. And, and we definitely use that as our marketing strength. So, you know, like I said, we, we ran, we ran AutoClose for, for two years. We managed to, to get acquired by, by Vanilla Soft, another Canadian software business. And after a year of serving that contract, I started Lead Delta as a, as a side project because I always like to say, you know, I'm very passionate about software. I always acquire different software products that I will turn into prototypes, turn into MVPs, minimal viable products. And, you know, that's how Lead Delta came to be. So what were some of the key milestones along this lead delta journey so when did you release your when do you release version 0.3 or whatever it was and uh, then what give us some some milestones maybe with the product maybe then in second some milestones relative to your staffing and so forth no absolutely bill so so i think so the, the most important thing here for the listeners is you know when when you're building something you know as soon as possible, get it to the market so that market can give you feedback. So that's exactly what we did. As soon as we collected 500, 500 uh, emails on our landing page, basically inviting people to, you know, if they're interested or not in such program, we, we've launched too many bugs and things didn't work, but we kept getting feedback and we kept interacting with our people. Because again, when you think about the bell curve of, of any product, right? 
the, the, the first raving fans, they don't expect you to be perfect. What they expect you is to ship regularly and to change and adopt and listen to the feedback, right? And that's exactly, I would call that the first milestone. The second real milestone was when we implemented the billing. It was May, May 2021, so last year. This is when we actually released the product using the Product Hunt community and, and it skyrocketed immediately. We immediately became profitable. Within a month, we became profitable. And you know then we went to the, the absolute marketplace, which is what I would call market crowdfunding sort of a way, because people pay for a software like 50, 100, 150 bucks, and it's for a lifetime for as long as we're in the business. And, you know, this can be a double-edged sword, but in, 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 in our case, it really is a way to get to customers quickly and also get some initial funding. So I think that's that was that was really good for us. And it proved that there is something, there are legs on this business. And then Really, the, the 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 second the second uh, real milestone was when we released Inbox, which is a, a kind of new way to manage your 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 relationships and 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 how you communicate with customers on LinkedIn. Immediately, we hired two engineers, Esma and Mirko. So they were the first the first engineers that we brought in full time. And now we're also um, in the finals of two accelerators, European and North American. And so we will have some some interesting decisions to make uh, moving forward. So those would be the, the, the tiny milestones we've, we've accomplished. So in addition to your, your, if you will, financing, did right. you, did you seek out and obtain any additional financing from the outside or have you, have you been able to, avo- if you will, avoid that or, <laughs> and, and to the extent that you're comfortable, tell, tell us what you have uh, in mind as far as financing going forward. Absolutely. So, so right now, so all the way up to this point, we're, we're profitable and we, we switched to subscriptions. That's working on well. We, we weren't looking, we bootstrapped the business, which means we self-funded the business and, and then the market helped us a little bit, you know, with that, with that marketing uh, campaign, but we will be looking. Uh, to get some some initial funding moving forward because we think that the space is heating up. And, and when I say the space, I do not mean the LinkedIn space. I mean the contact management space. And we really have the opportunity to create a new category of software, which is the social capital manage- managers, at manager, and, and, and we want to go faster. So we might be looking at some capital injections in the next couple of months. That's why we're ramping up these accelerators that will help us uh, bridge a proper round of financing. Yeah. So financing brings money and it brings in new personalities. So that'll be an adventure for sure. So mm-hmm. my next question is, what is actually holding you back right now? What's your biggest obstacle, uh, Ben? It, it is. It is actually the previous question was a great segue into this one. Like I said, we, we see we see competitors at a at a higher level engaging, and and even though I like to joke that in software, if you get sixty or hundred people, it doesn't solve your problems. Like I mean, adding more brain power is is helpful to an extent that you have a predictable process. But if you don't have a predictable process, which most startups don't have, adding 60, 100, 200 people doesn't make much difference because still you need to make them work together, contribute and produce, which is which is not easy. So I'm not afraid of people getting money and funding and, and getting more people in. But if we stay lean over the next two years, there's a higher likelihood of us losing the game and the, uh, the the initial benefits of shipping weekly and having the you know 5000 plus customers etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think we need to double down on that 
uh, by being very realistic about the market. And I'm totally fine to give up a piece of a cake if the cake will grow bigger, right? And I think it will. So that's that's why, you know, this is catch-22 because in, in, in a sense that your previous question really corresponds well with this one. This is really what could be the, the potential, the biggest obstacle, you know? And, and the question then is, do you stay lean and bootstrapped and keep more of the business? Or do you go and acquire a little bit of a capital so that you can go faster and extend on your processes? So that's that's kind of that's kind of the, the quagmire we're in. Okay, fantastic. So before we got started in our uh, in our podcast here, I asked you if you had a, a, a free gift of some port, uh, sort for our listeners. You said yes. So tell us what is that gift, and where would they go on uh, your website to get their hands on it? Now, absolutely. So guys, if you're listening to this, we, we just released 50 free templates that work for us, whether you are you're on LinkedIn, whether you are like connecting, sending connection requests, and you definitely should if you're not. If you are sending messages or you know you want to get some free PR, it's all in there. So we have 50 free templates and you can acquire them by going to leaddelta.com. That's lead as leadership and delta as a difference it creates. So leaddelta.com go to resources page and you'll see the the free ebook all we need is your email so that we can deliver the ebook and it's all yours that's fantastic that's fantastic so i thought of those seven questions but i'm suspecting there was a question you were waiting for me to ask and i didn't so what's that question that you were waiting for and then what's the answer to it ben so <laughs> that's a great question. I actually asked those on, on an interview at the very end. So I'd say, you know, one question is, so, so why are we, why are we the team to, to execute on this vision? And what do we know about the world that, that others don't, that other founders don't? We have very specific metrics and signals about the market. And we think that the days of the cold are, are really, really done. And we are moving towards a warmer world where Bill wants to go into Lee Delta and check, you know, this is my objective, you know, to raise funds or to, to sell into these types of businesses. Who do I know in my network? And, you know, how can I get to them in the most effective way? So basically collaboration and introductions is, is, is the future. And, and we believe there, there are lots of signals signaling that this is the right way forward. And I think Lee Delta is positioning in that direction. So we are starting very narrow from a very small or, well, uh, specific data set, including LinkedIn. But then we want to expand to other channels and win the market that way. A market which sounds like you are actually co at least co-designing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Co-designing. That 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 that's be the right way to put it. Yeah, Absolutely. beautiful, beautiful. So thanks very much, Ved. We loved having you on the show and listening to you. Oh, I appreciate you, Bill, and and thank you so much for being a customer of Lee Delta. We we're so grateful to have you. Excellent. Me too. I'm glad to be there. So everybody, in closing, let's focus on this single fact. And that is that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management. And number three, 
leveraging high-performance teams. And that includes people that work directly for you, as well as outside resources like VED right here and his company, Lead Delta, available to you to help you out. So thanks for listening, VED, once again. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Bill. Okay, we're all done.